Do you know what this is? It's stimulating, mind-expanding, the in thing. It's the hula hoop of the jet generation. Podcast1.com presents celebs, pop culture, fashion. No one gets to tell me not to curse. Oh, and some of that, too. This is Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Now, here's Brandy Glanville. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. I'm sitting here with the very gorgeous Psalm Isadora. And she is kind of, she's a guru of all things. She's a yogi. Like, you're you're big into yoga, yes? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of your thing. And, and Kama Sutra and Tantra, sex and healing and, <laughs> and helping women not, how to get, helping women get over sexual trauma and at the same time you're now on cougar what is it called (laughs) cougar club la on the playboy channel you're kind of all over the place (laughs) well they all still revolve around sex sex (laughs) sex and really empowerment right so it's really like until people heal their sexuality they aren't really empowered especially women and and i think that you coming from such a traumatic background and not being the victim. Mm-hmm. And of course you were a victim. I'm not saying you weren't, but right. to come and now empower other women to get to the place where you're at, where you're, you know, happy in your sexuality and your mm-hmm. own skin and, and you're talking about it and you're talking about what happened to you in the past. That's, that's really, when I read your story, I got the chills. I'm like, this woman is not a victim yet. She's a victim, <laughs> right. but I mean, really what you're doing is amazing. And tell me a little bit more about it. Well, I think it comes down to like, you know, as women, we get stuck in these like roles and boxes, right? So, or even, you know, you're the sexy woman or the wife, you know, or the virgin or the whore, whatever all these. Yeah. (laughs) And really, right. And and really we are all those things. And when we can't be those things, I think then it causes people a lot of like stress and unhappiness. So I meet women all the time and they just feel they aren't really fully living their life. Right. And a big part of that is just being able to connect to their sexuality in a really happy, healthy way whether they're single or married and so i came and men too correct absolutely men too i always talk to women first because i'm a woman right (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking men she's super hot i mean men go right on up to you yeah 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 it's like i do work with men but not not like one-on-one because i was like "Mm, i don't need i don't need to be trying to talk to you and just like have to deal with the heart on the whole especially when you're doing (laughs) yoga and you're like bending over and right right I'm just joking. But I mean, ultimately, how did how did yoga come into this? How did you find that? Well, so, you know, I I grew up in such an opposite environment. So I'm a sex expert now, but I grew up on like a Christian commune that was really like a cult. It was totally like outside society. I was wearing a bonnet and we lived in a log cabin with no electricity, no indoor plumbing. So they were really like trying to go back to living like Little House on the Prairie. And there was, you know, all this idea, you know, sex is bad. Right. And it's in that environment, or something. yeah, it's sturdy. We don't talk about it. And in that environment, I end up having sexual abuse, right. which I think is so common. I mean, look at, look at the movie Spotlight that's out now about the Catholic Church and the priest. And I feel that there's a connection where there's sexual repression. Absolutely. Then there ends up being more rape culture, um, abuse of children. Exactly. So that's why I'm just such a proponent that, like, we have to start talking about sex. Open the conversation yeah well we all came from i mean like if we're going to be real at all (laughs) it's amazing to me how many people still don't have those conversations no and grown grown grown-ass people i know who you who are having sex 
Yes, they are. Well, really talk about it. Or we talk about it, I think, in really unhelpful ways. Like a lot of women go to their girlfriends and they're like, oh, they complain like, you know, oh, after I had my kid, I have no sex drive. And then they'll go, oh, well, that's what happens. That's normal. Or we do it once a week on date yeah. night. Like you do what? Like that sounds, that's right. not something I would ever want to be involved in. I talk to my girlfriends the way men talk to their guy friends. Well, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think are. we're worse. Yeah, I, no, honestly, if you hear some sure. women talking about, I mean, size queens and mm-hmm. da, da, da. I mean you know all the first things that we list that they yes, don't know <laughs> absolutely. but there's some women like they're so appalled at it and I think right. you know it is very I mean we're obviously progressive like in the mm-hmm. way that we think but we need to get and I have young children and my parents had that open conversation with us when we were right. young. I mean, they were like, this is where sex comes from. Man has a penis. A woman has a vagina. I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> but because of them being so mm-hmm. openly sexually free and, and having that conversation, my kids and I have those conversations. Right. And I would rather them have the knowledge than to think there's something wrong with it or, God forbid, have someone touch them and not have them tell me. Yeah. You know well, if, if you don't talk to them about sex and you're uncomfortable, then they kind of get this message that it's something to be embarrassed or ashamed about. Right. And then let's say worst case scenario, somebody did touch them. They would not know how to come to you because they've never used those words. Right. So like you're saying, having that first conversation with your kid and I'm a mom, right. you know, like, you know, it's awkward. And, and like my, I have a son. So he's like, oh, don't ever talk to me about that. It's disgusting. You're my right. mother. But the fact that we had that conversation and, and even said those words, you know, it's like, you know, penis, vagina, right. breast, <laughs> sex. Like if something did happen, he would have had an established conversation with me that he could open up and talk about what's going on. Because when people don't talk to their kids about sex, you're really leaving them open to get it from the worst places. People don't talk to their kids about sex and they live in this like like dream world. No, a dream world that they're like, oh, then that means they won't have sex. So they're doing everything without any guidance from you. knowledge. It's the same with Again, they're going to go get it on like the internet from porn porn. or from the worst sources. I mean, not that porn's bad. (laughs) No, (laughs) but I mean like, let's say you take a 12-year-old kid whose parents won't talk about sex and the Mm -hmm. only way he's getting information is porn with friends with no adult to talk to. Right. Exactly. Now, because of your childhood trauma, how did, how did you get to the place you're at now? So it was really a journey for me and, you know, to come from that background where, you know, there was all that suppression around it. And then when I did have sexual abuse, I really just buried it. And I even buried it like in my own, you know, memory where I, I just remember, I, I was afraid to go in my room alone late at night. I'd say there's like, you know, oh, there's, you know, scary ghosts in my room. And and just lots of like little right. things that, that I knew later on were clues to what was mm-hmm. happening. Um, and when I really like found out what was going on, it was it was really hard. It was like just a big break in what I thought my reality had been versus... And how it was, old were it was you my, when you figured it out? I and mean, when you, when well, you really... I was twelve when it was my father. Right. And this is, I mean, still to this day, that's difficult to talk about. And there are so many cases. Padma Lakshmi just did a memoir where she talks about being molested by a family mm-hmm. friend. But especially if it's your family, it's like it's so hard to talk about because you're breaking that loyalty. And I don't want my dad to go to jail. Mm-hmm. I don't want you know you don't want bad things to happen. You want bad things to stop happening, but you right. don't. You know, and there, and again, there's a very difficult. Where do you go to talk about that? Because in society, again, it's all black and white. That's a bad person, and you don't want to hurt your mother or you don't your want family to hurt my mother. And then her and, these things, and then and yeah. then are you the bad guy? You know, not not that you are, but is mm-hmm. that going to be something that your mo- mother's thinking, or what right. are you doing? Not that any of that is what it is. Well, it's very but, complicated yeah. because it it that that kind of trauma 
if you do speak out, it has repercussions. If you don't speak out, it has repercussions. So there isn't an easy answer, but I think that's where we have to start talking. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think as women, and especially women given any platform, it's most important for us to kind of open up for all the women who are still scared to speak. And it's just a huge movement right now with like the Hunting Grounds movie and the Kesha case where she's oh like, I don't gosh. want to work for my abuser. I cannot that like I get the chills when I think yeah. about it. I mean, what what do you what is your take on it? Because for me, I just feel like how can you try to keep this woman in a contract with someone that violated her yeah. mentally and physically? I, I just think I mean. It's a contract. It's a piece of paper. It's mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that everybody's terrified of it because, again, if it really comes out into the light, we're going to have to find new solutions, which nobody wants to do. You know, the larger powers that we don't want to find new solutions. But I think it's really necessary and, and really great that everyone's rallying to support her. And mm-hmm. more and more of this is coming out. Like that movie, The Hunting Ground, where they're talking about rape on college campuses. You know, it's like we're living in 2016. Right. But and, we're, and we're finally having this conversation. But it takes me back. When I want to know how, how you started to heal. And what was your point where you're like, I can get over this. I can, I can deal with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I um, I ran away from the religious boarding school at 17 because okay. I didn't I, I didn't see any other way to do it. And by then I was so angry, mm-hmm. you know, so you take years of abuse and trauma that I'd silenced and didn't have any solutions. And so I started like doing drugs and doing things to escape the pain, but to check um, out, you didn't to want to check out. And so, so I did what a lot of teenagers with abuse do is you start to do things that are self-destructive for yourself. So I like dropped out of high school and didn't graduate and ran away and was homeless. And like, even that was better right. for me than the pain of staying where I was. And so I got, and, and then I got pregnant at 17 on purpose because I just left my family. Right. So with that kind of abandonment, you need something I was like, to oh, hold on to. yeah, I needed something to love. So right. I got pregnant. I had my son and then I had a new set of challenges because now I'm a teenage <laughs> single mom. Right. Right? Um, and, and so my, but 20s, it took your mind off everything else. It did, well, it gave me a reason to live. Right. And I think I'd really been at a point before that, that from the trauma and sexual abuse, I, I didn't know if I wanted to live. And so having a child, that wasn't an option. Right. It's like, you don't I get have. to fail anymore. You don't get, yeah. it's not about you. And I said that many times, like he saved my life. Yeah. And, and then in my twenties though, now I've got like a kid and I had all these other challenges. I was, and I was still a hot mess. Well, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I hadn't learned how to work with my trauma. So not. I would, I mean, I had, I had nights that he would go to bed and we had a roommate, but he would go to bed and I would be up at night and I just have all this, like, I don't know what to call it, but it's like the red hots, you know, it's just like right. my skin's crawling. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so unhappy from the trauma. And I would like sneak out and go out at night drinking and like climb in the window at 6 a.m. so he wouldn't see me to take him to school. Like it was this reverse role right. like where I'm like the mom is sneaking out. But you were still growing. I mean, I you was, were still a baby. Like, yeah. yeah, it was well, like you... I was arrested my yeah. development at a certain point and exactly. then I had all that responsibility. Um, and then I, I finally, after years of just like doing drugs and, and then I got talk therapy and got diagnosed with um, depression and anxiety. Um, but, but then the medication, I I gained 30 pounds and I had, like, I was laying on the couch and I couldn't even, you know, I had, I I wasn't like, I couldn't do anything. Right. Do you think it's harder (laughs) sometimes when people put a label on, like I, I have anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression as well. I, you know, I take medicine for both. Um, 
But sometimes I feel like it's harder when someone says, this is what's wrong with you. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, now I have a reason not to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was, I, I was happy to have a label if it meant there was a sl- I was like, okay, you're going to give me medication. I have this label. This is why I'm, I've had a hard time my whole life. This is why I'm crazy. But um, I never not felt- crazy, but, but in, yeah, my yeah, head, in your head, right? right? I still had all that, I think, self-loathing. That's, you know, from trauma, of you course. end up like being like, I'm, you know, broken. And, um, and so I took that medication, but it ended up just leaving me in a place that I was really, um, you know, overweight, unhappy, unmotivated. And, and then, so my solution to that was to go back to using street trucks. Oh, good. <laughs> so well, then I was yeah. like, you know, at least I know what those Less trucks time. do. <laughs> Heroin and meth versus. Right? So, so I, I started doing, so then I'm on my, my meds for anxiety, depression from my therapist and I'm doing drugs. Oh, I'm good. telling them about on the side. And I ended up in an emergency room. Right, I can imagine. With a rock bottom. And I was like, I'm going to be dead if I don't change this. And I finally just had some voice in my head wake up where I stopped being the victim. You know, you're talking about the victim mentality. And I had been victimized. Like, of course you have. Of course you have. Well, no woman in the world, no man, no woman, no one in the world should deal with sexual violence. Or as a child being molested. Like, no one should. We should all be angry oh, about for that. Sure. And, but you. But then the choice is like. Then the rest of your you life, stay you stay like, angry forever, or I'm just broken. You're, right. you know, you're a victim. You're a victim. You're a victim. And you, I, you, you get your moment. You can be, and then you, it's your choice to break out of it or not. And I think a lot of people don't. And what is inspiring about your story is that you did, and not only that, and now you know you're empowering women. You're talking about sex, and you're outspoken about it, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, I don't think there's very many people like you in the world. And no, because I know because I didn't have anyone. Right, <laughs> you know, like no. when I was looking for answers, there was just nowhere Nobody. to go. And I, the answers I saw was like, okay, you can come out and talk about it and be a victim and labeled as that forever. You know, and I, and I knew I was more than that. Right. And I also knew that I loved sex. Like that's like, you right. know, like the people think if you've had abuse, then sex is bad. And I was like, no, I was very sexual. And in fact, sex was one of my best escapes from my pain right. <laughs> at that point. But I hit that rock bottom and I finally had something wake up and me was like, no one's going to save you, you know, because my voice went, oh, even my parents won't help me and no one's here to help me. And then, and I was like, that's the voice that keeps bringing me here. I keep almost destroying myself. So somebody else will come save me and be like, oh, she, and somebody, you know, somebody should have saved the little girl when I was that age and first having sexual abuse. Yes. Someone should have saved that little girl, but no one did. And now I'm a grown woman and I have to save myself. I have to be that hero. And so I had this moment. It was like, if you keep waiting for someone to save you and you keep feeling sorry for yourself, you're going to end up here and you're going to be dead next time. Right. And I was like, and I can't do that. I'm a mom. I can't be dead next time. So some other voice in my head goes, go to yoga. And, and I was like, just like out of the blue. No, like you're my deep subconscious. Right. And I taken like two yoga classes in my life before then. And I, my impression of it was like, I don't live in Brentwood with like right. a husband paying my bills. So I can like put on cute little yoga pants and Lululemon and go to exactly. yoga. You know, I was like, I got real fucking problems. Right. I'm a single mom. I shop at the 99 cent store. I'm right. on medication. I still do. <laughs> But I was like, what, you know, that's ridiculous, right? I have real problems. And it was persistent. It was like, do yoga. And there was just this like inner knowing or intuition. I was like, if I do yoga, it'll somehow give me the tools to cope. Because what I was lacking was coping mechanisms. Right. You know, for my internal kind of pain from the trauma and the abuse. And so I, the next day I went to yoga class and I was in there and I just inhaled and exhaled and I felt the breathing and I felt my body like flooded with happiness that I hadn't felt. I was felt orgasmic. That's why. So then I ended up, you know, creating yoga that I call, Oh yoga. Yeah, I know. I (laughs) 
Do you teach a class now? About I have it? videos, and then okay. I do I do um, workshops and like retreats. So. I, mean, I think I might need to go. I'm all my to, friends, yeah. I really do because yeah. all of my friends, I have high anxiety, and mm. my friends all tell me yoga is so good for you. But they are those moms that have less right. money and wear Lululemon all day long, <laughs> right, right. and I'm like, I actually have to work, right? Um, and you know, they're like, oh, it's the best workout. It's so good for your you know mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. And I honestly haven't tried it. I mean, I've taken like two classes and I was and I'm very like in my head right and competitive and when everyone can do <laughs> shit that I can't do I'm right, like I'm out yeah I'm, I'm out. out like I can't do it and I I don't know and I can't I can't I hold my breath when I exercise yeah yeah and, and that's that's that anxiety is yeah. that you're used to when you hold your breath you actually get a rush of like adrenaline which helps you survive so if you're a survivor you're like <gasps> yeah well, but that's then me. you do that all day long and you get adrenal fatigue right so well welcome to my life <laughs> No, but I mean, it, it really, it is, I, I kind of want to, I, I want to figure out how to calm this down. Yeah. And I am a very sexual person as yeah. well. I'm open about it. And, you know, I, I talk to all my friends about sex. We talk about sex on my podcast all mm. of the time. Mm. I'm a Scorpio. It is what it is. I enjoy it. I'm a Scorpio my- rising. So. Oh, are you? Mm. Oh, nice. <laughs> Us Scorpios are trouble. But it's good trouble. But, a little spicy. Yeah, spicy. But sweet. But, underneath. <laughs> exactly. Loyal and sweet, but don't fuck with us. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, how, that's how I am. But I definitely need to slow it down mm-hmm. up here and the fact that you've come so far and now you're going into reality television yeah. on the playboy channel yeah. and you're putting yourself out there yeah i mean you are fucking brave well to me you know it's like well basically i also think where i came from it's not going to get worse you you've know like full circle i but, mean like yeah but i circle. know what it was like to feel totally helpless and disempowered and like I was broken. And so I know I'll never be there again. And that's really where something like the yoga and the tantra help me because I have a ritual. So I'm like, even if I do something challenging like this reality show and I start to like get off kilter right? You can and, go back and, and feel like I'm going back to where I was when I felt like I was crazy, I'm like, okay, I have the ritual. Go, go do my yoga, do my breathing, do my like tantra and meditation. And I know I'll like recover that. It's a reset that. button maybe? It is. It's, it's that like a daily ritual to reset and to bank like positive energy. Yeah. Because because you, I mean, you do a reality show. When I stepped into that arena and I really chose it because I was like, how do I get this information to the most people? If I just, right. I'm over here with a yoga world. It's a like, platform. Yeah. And like the no yoga other. world and even in yoga, they really don't want to talk about sexuality. Like no, they're, they're, they're like going back to church. Right. Like I felt like I was back like, they're like, well, hey. it's really spiritual. And I'm like, well, it's spiritual to have really amazing orgasms. Yeah. You know, it that's really spiritual. Is. Like yeah. who taught you that sex isn't spiritual? Well, who, yoga too is you're supposed to be getting so in tune and in like in with your body, yeah. then get in tune with your vagina as right. well. Right, exactly. I mean, that's but part see, of your I body. Like it was, I was like, oh, I'm still just back in church in a different way because no one wants to really right. talk about what's really going on. Right. Like well, when those you're doing are those yoga. Brentwood moms, honestly, yeah. that are that are not talking about it yeah. because. So I was like, okay, fine. Let me take it to reality TV where I can get millions of eyeballs just to see it. I thought, you know, it's like to me. Even somebody watching this and seeing a grown-ass woman make choices and be sexually empowered in my own way, like, that I'm happy with, that'll blow a lot of people's minds. Like, a lot of people can't even imagine what that's like. And I'm 41, and I'm like, I like my body better, like, now than I did when I was 20, when I was 30. I'm more comfortable with myself. I'm more comfortable, like, making love. I'm more comfortable approaching men. Like, and so just to even show that as an example through reality TV and through Playboy, obviously, because Playboy, they're like, okay, you're going to well, be yeah. naked. Are and you, I was, so are you going to be naked? Oh, I'm it? naked. It's full money. Oh, wow. But, but you mean, know, I was like, if I, there was a great. real... I walk around my house naked. 
80% of the time. Well, I, listen, I'm always naked too. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I don't want to say my age. It's one effort I don't say, especially with my big boss in the other room. Um, no, but that is, that is a big deal. Yeah. So you've shot the show now. We shot the show. So it's done, you know, and then you're in their hands for how they edit it. But, um, like some of the clips and the promos that I saw, I was happy because it's funny. I mean, I, I think again, you have to understand there's different sides to all of us. So this is going to bring out a certain side. Right. And I know all of my sides. Yeah. <laughs> and now everyone like, will I see pretty, all of my sides. Did you, did you find yourself like going and then kind of analyzing all the women around you because you're so self-aware? Um, you know, it, it, they move you at such a quick pace that yeah. almost like I felt like I lost a lot of my normal faculties of observation and because they're just like you're exhausted. You know, it's four days on, yeah. one day off, run over here, run over there. They're like, you know, it's such a, a, a surreal reality right. to do all of that. But at least they did follow what I really do. So they, they filmed me teaching one of my women's, you know, tantra workshops where I was teaching them how to do the breast massage, to have an orgasm just from breast massage. And one of the women had like, five orgasms back to back and then on the show yeah because the real shit happened like i was like you know yeah it's just reality tv no it's not just that i mean that's the real 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 but i was like but it's but in the most beautiful way yeah no absolutely faking it no it's not like i mean it's not like no but it was like really really she had that emotional release that's amazing and then started crying and said like i've always felt like i was alone before and now i feel like you know i'm loved and and that's exactly what's supposed to happen with like these deeper kind of tantric connections as you start to release oxytocin, which is the love and bonding hormone. So there's that, like those little things that are this. Like, and how did that in come tantra. into play with your yoga? Like, how did you get, how did you mix the two? How did I go from doing regular yoga, yoga classes to, to... <laughs> in Brentwood to right. massaging nipples? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we all, I mean, I would think we all massage our nipples at some point, like at our house, but how did you get to that, to, to mix, to marry the two really? Well, it was because I had the background with sexual abuse, but felt very sexual. Because I say a lot of, when you have sexual abuse, you usually become hyposexual or, yeah, repressed or hyper. Like, yeah. So I was hypersexual. Um, and, and so I was going to the yoga classes. They're really helpful to me. I went to some Buddhist meditation. It was helpful. But I was like, but where's the juiciness? You know, like I was right. like, I know that that is not a bad thing. That's like what makes me who I am. Right. And so I kept looking for where that would fit. And no one knew about it. No one could talk to me about it. It was the same kind of being embarrassed. I was like, when I do Cobra pose, I feel like I'm having an orgasm. And the teacher would be like, well, that's weird, Tom. You know, <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody else that. And then I heard about Tantra. And right. I got really fascinated about what it was. And I got so fascinated, I went all the way to India to study with a teacher who was like out in the jungle. I literally like flew into India, like went into this like town in the jungle, didn't know what was going to happen. It was like my eat, pray, love, you know, Moment, right. 50 shades of gray. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I go out there and, and I'm like, I do belong here. And they had images of like goddess statues, you know, that were naked. And I was like, this is the freedom from shame. This right. is like elevating sexuality and Empowering. femininity yeah. to the level of saying, this is God, this is church. Your body is a temple and sex is like going to church or praying. And to me, I was like, ah, this is like, we need this in the world. You yeah, know, no, nobody absolutely. has that. So this is like uniquely yours. Yeah. I mean, the way I've brought it back, like I, I feel like there's even in India, nobody practices like the ancient secret. It's secret right. in India. They're not comfortable with it either. No, like all their women are the Middle East. That's what I was going to say. It's the Middle yeah. East. It's completely the opposite. Yeah. It's very, so, so for me, it was taking, and it's over 5,000 years old. It's totally authentic. And it actually is older than all of these new religions. So five 
5,000 years ago, there was still images of like, when they do archaeological digs, here's a goddess with a vagina and breasts. And that was normal. And then there was a point in time in our history that we said, cover it. That's not normal. Women need to cover their bodies and everything became very masculine. And God is a, God's always a man and everything's very masculine. And so the power dynamic shifted. So I went back there and learned this and it was like, let's take that, you know, goddess energy that was a very real thing in our world that was respected and really bring it into simple tools that modern women can use. And that's what I did with like, oh, yoga, bringing that tantra into yoga and bring it back into yoga. Now, you know, I read that um, while you were over there, you helped with some women that were, you know, trafficked. Like hook, yeah, sex traffic. Yeah. Well, and again, you see, that seems like opposites, right? That's How am like, I teaching exactly. women to have great like, sex and then I'm also working I, with prostitutes? When I, was reading, I was talking to my friend. I'm like, I have this whole, jo- her life is a giant contradiction, but I don't know how to, am I going to be but an world, asshole but that's for all, saying no, that? No, but sex, sex is a contradiction in our world, right? Yeah. It's like our parents had sex and had us, but we never want to think about them having sex. Nope. And then we have sex to have kids that we never want to talk to about having sex. Right. So it's all the contradiction is there. So to deal with sex is to deal with the contradiction. Um, and, and to ask people to be more intelligent, basically. Right. No, but it's amazing that you can have that conversation and that you will go far back and say, listen, you know, this happened to me. And now mm-hmm. you've come, like I said, full circle. And yeah. we are going to take a break on that note. But I just have to say, like, I I love you. I think it's, no, I think it's amazing <laughs> yeah. how far you've come and like what you have to teach. And you have to help all of us, including myself. And we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. <laughs> So everyone that knows me knows I have a history of sensitive skin. I have adult acne. I have melasma. I mean, it's always something. My skin is just so sensitive. It's really hard for me to take the chance to try different products. But at the same point, I've tried a lot of things from high end to low end. And nothing has really worked, but I've heard a ton of buzz about these spin brushes. So I finally tried. It's called the Spin for Perfect Skin from Vanity Planet. So I've been using it for about a month and I've noticed a big difference with the improvement of my skin texture. And it's even softening my fine lines. The kit comes with four interchangeable brush head attachments, one for gentle cleansing, which I use daily, another for vigorous exfoliation. I suggest you use it like once a week. And then there's a body brush, which is cool because we all spray tan. We need to get it off before we re-spray tan. So that brush comes in handy. And then there's a pumice stone for rough surfaces like your feet and toes and corns and bunions um but yeah so it's shower friendly my skin is glowing and it's extra smooth like right before i put on my makeup i'll wash my face with the brush and then i'll put on moisturizer makeup it's perfect i'm a busy mom these sperm brushes have simplified my skincare routine and i really just can't tell you enough about them so for my podcast listeners i have a special deal the original price of these brushes are $100, but I'm going to knock off 70%. So you're going to get these brushes for 30 bucks. That's a dramatic discount if you ask me. So all you need to do is go to vanityplanet.com forward slash brandy and you will get 70% off these amazing brushes. So you guys, I love these brushes so much. And not only am I going to give you the discount, I'm personally going to award three fans of Spin for Perfect Skin as a thank you for supporting my show. All you need to do is send me an email at winperfectskin at gmail.com that includes a receipt proving you purchased the product at vanityplanet.com slash brandy. And the first three submissions will get an autograph box shipped for you to offer a friend or a family member. All right, we are 
are back and we are we're talking men. Yes. And we're not going to tell you what we are talking about. <laughs> no, no, we were we're an open book here. Yes. Um, but getting back to serious issues now, as far as you know, the past is concerned. Do you have a relationship now with your family and your your, your father and? All that I actually don't. So, and this is something I mean, when I blame work, you. But. Yeah, no, and this is something because I work with a lot of other people in healing trauma, and and especially like say sexual trauma, is that you know there's that part of you that always wants them to be the parent they couldn't be, um, and and has abandonment issues, right. and so you end up spending your life playing that out in relationships. Like you know, for a long time I was in relationships that were just too dramatic or even borderline abusive, even though I was very powerful because I was used to that. It's like, if you love me, we would do this because love is so, you know, intense and dramatic and borderline, uh, you know, abusive. And so I had to like recognize that and kind of unplug those old triggers. But I, I did try and go back and like find my parents and both of them just want actually to be left alone because I think they can't handle their guilt Right. So seeing me as a reminder of that, and that's a lot of people who've had trauma or abuse. There's, if it's your family, there's the actual abuse that happens. And then there's the abandonment of them blaming you or not wanting to talk to you or distance themselves right. because they can't handle, you know, integrating that or remembering things they regret. But it's their fault. I yeah. Mean, it's I mean, fault. which is very, like, if you could even have that conversation, you right. might move through and heal it. But like my parents weren't able to, a lot of people's parents can't. So I tell people all the time, like, if you can go back to your parents and create that kind of closure and heal that great. But sometimes the closure is realizing that's who that person is. And you can't continually put yourself in harm's way. Like you're that child because you're not five anymore. You know, right. you do have to be your own hero. If you're, especially if your parents couldn't protect you, you will have to learn to protect yourself and stop like, laying yourself down in bad situations right you know because you 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 know you're still longing for but does it at all scare you that if that is who that person is that it could possibly happen to somebody else yeah and that so person? that was one thing that I really wrestled with and that was I had a lot of guilt um, about that I was like well I know this about my father and it wasn't just me it was some of my friends so knowing that about him and then growing up and when I, you know, I was always terrified that he would go to jail and what they do to, you know, to child molesters in jail. And like, cause again, even though he's the person who did it, he's still my father. Of course. And so there's that just internal struggle and I, and, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, really. I mean, and that's why I had a lot of the depression, you know, a lot of the depression right. I was getting medicated for was because these are tremendously sad issues and depressing issues right, until you find course. a way to deal with them. Um, and, and so I finally did report him to child protective services. And, and that was what I could do. I was like, that's right. my side of the street. And then they go do what they do. And then I don't have to carry that cross all the time. Cause it really used right. to that, eat away I, at me. I could not even imagine. And then thinking that God, what if I don't speak up yep. and it does happen to somebody else? Mm-hmm. And then is that my fault too? Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't, I mean, the struggle is real. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I so mean, that action I took, I was like, I'm going to, I reported it to, you know, see child protective services. And then I washed my hands of it. I was like, and now it isn't mine to worry about. Like, that's what my step was. Right. And what happens when you do that? I mean, they go and do an investigation, which, which they did. And they ended up saying everything was fine. And I was just like, but it's really not, I did what, you know, at that point you you have to walk. That's my closure. Right. Um, and, and then, but you know, and this is something that happens with abusers a lot too, is he then said he would never trust me again. For, for doing that. And I was like, wow, that just kind of shows how completely effed up your brain is. Right. Because instead well, of saying... it's a mental illness. I it mean, is a mental a, illness. He was mentally and you, that's what I mean. Sometimes your closure with abusers is to say, this person's brain isn't going to change. Like, right. if they thought it was okay to do that in the first place, 
why am I expecting to meet a totally different person? Right. You know, when I go try to heal and have a conversation, like you're probably meeting the same person, but you're different. The, the, the thing that you can do as a survivor and to thrive, I can change my side of the conversation. Right. I exactly. can outgrow. He's going to be that, him. And that's, he can that's, be him. And, and then I can like also say, this is a dangerous place to put myself emotionally anymore. So I no longer choose that. And so for me, I, the day came where I was like, I need to stop trying to heal my past and heal my past and heal my past right. and live into my future. You choose I your have, own closure, whether I have an whatever amazing it is. future. Yeah. And and I had this visual it was like every day going out into your yard and you have like a dead stump and you give all your water and all your attention to this dead stump, which people do about anything. Yeah. Like let's say you got a divorce and you don't move on. Right. And so you, I meet women coming to my programs and every day they're like, oh, da, da, and they're talking about that and talk, they give all their energy to the dead thing. Right. And it's like, look around. It's time. It's give time to that, spring forward. Yeah. Give that energy to everything else that wants to grow, like yeah. in that garden. I you think know? we all need our time to mourn but there has to be a point when enough is enough yeah and you don't live your life scorned or Mm -hmm. you know hurting by what somebody else did to you and i mean i've watched your show so i know your story a little bit and i think it's that same thing If, if you're cheated on that was wrong and that shouldn't happen to anyone. So you get appropriately angry and appropriately right. sad. And sometimes your- anger gets you out of the situation. It does. If you didn't get mad enough, you wouldn't leave the person or do anything about it. Or anger fuck is his active. friends. <laughs> I mean, it happened. Or, hey, you know, best way to get over. <laughs> to get under. under I mean, I'm one. just that person. Like, you yeah. know, there's certain people. Yes, I'm outspoken. I'm feisty. But, you know, and I had my morning moment. But then I'm like. Life is short. I got myself a new vagina and I'm out. Right. Like, I'm good. Like, let's start life right. again. But now, living. you speaking. See, so instead of you being trapped as the victim, you do take that um, that thing that was done that was wrong. And now you can speak out in a positive way. You take that right. negative and you become a positive example for other women. Because a lot of women, when they're cheated on, again, they're so ashamed they won't talk about that because they think, oh, he didn't want me. Right. And they, they internalize that the rug shame. And they don't want anyone to know. Yeah. I think luckily for me, I mean, and it's nothing to do. I mean, this is like on a completely different level than what you went through. But mine was in the public eye. I had mm. no choice but to well, deal yeah. with it. And I think it helped me. I think it was yeah. like, otherwise, I would might have been embarrassed and never told anyone. And mm-hmm. God knows. But I am very feisty, so <laughs> that was, I was I was I fought back. I'm right. like f you, and I think that a lot of women, you know, they're they get stuck, yeah, and they they need closure, and they don't realize they can give themselves closure. Well, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, the only one who can give, even if you're like, I have to have that conversation with the person. You don't. Well, but- even it, like I went and found my parents and had a conversation where I was like, oh, I can now hear you with grown adult ears and say this person can't help me right. until then. It's like you have this arrested development right. that I'm always hearing as that five-year-old from the initial, you know, from that right. initial trauma that arrested my development. But you know, I, I, I took all of those things, which were really painful and really negative, And then I carried so much shame and isolation around for years. And I finally started breaking that silence, speaking out about it, you know, doing yoga and meditation and tantra gave me those kind of positive rituals to keep building my positive energy to do that. And now I, you know, like I can help other people and that that's, you know, that's where I get really my purpose in it. It's like, you know, I don't wish that on anyone else. And there's still days it's hard. There's still days that I'll have a two hour just kind of spiral down and feel like crap about it. But I, I like it's not. But now I know. You know what? This will be over soon, right? Because I banked enough positive energy and I built a good life around myself, and that's my closure. And to say that, you know, and I always say it, it's part of your story. It's not all of a sudden it's gone, right? It's part of ma- who makes you who you are today. And, you know, it's not like get over it. You're never going to get over it. Right. You're going to move forward and become a new person. And you yeah. have. And you've done that in a beautiful way. And I think that 
it's really inspiring and a lot of women can't do it. And I'm super excited for you to share your story. Yeah. And I'm super like, excited. <laughs> I don't think I get Playboy TV. I gotta look into that. I know. I, I have, I'm still in the process of ordering it. So yeah, I mean, no, I've I'm only like, seen, I've only seen the clips they sent me, but the, the clips are really, you'll appreciate Wait, it. started this. on Saturday, no? Yeah. But you'll, you'll appreciate Like I, I saw one clip and they show me talking about like dating younger guys. And, and then I'm like, mama's got to eat. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. I like hashtag mama's got to eat. eat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, mama's got to eat. And then it shows me in a clip, like with this really hot black guy coming up to me. And I'm like, did somebody order chocolate? Right. I like chocolate. Brown sugar right. in the recipe. And, and part of me is going, oh my God, people are going to judge me for being on this reality show. And the other part of me is laughing. I'm like, if I'm laughing. Listen, you've been through, through it. To you're going to be fine. I, I can tell you right now with everything that you've been through reality TV, you yeah. can handle it just fine. Right, right. And, you know, putting yourself out there. It's a platform. You have to take away the positive. There's always going to be haters. Yeah. At all times. Just don't even, you know, you're too smart for that. You're too strong. And listen, at the end of the day, fuck them. Fuck them. No, (laughs) seriously, fuck the haters. The haters are going to hate. But if you're out there and you're telling your story and it's beautiful and you've been empowered and now you can be where you are today, I mean, that says so much. It really does. And I think that a lot of women are going to be, I think they're, we're, we're coming around to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, the conversation is changing. We're getting in, we're talking now about, you know, transgender women and yeah. all of these conversations that we're not, we weren't ever having. Yeah. So I think the fact that women as sexual beings is becoming okay. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, I mean, it's so weird yeah. that, you know, we can have other conversations, <laughs> but you and I sitting here talking about sex is like, oh my God, those girls are so trashy. You're right. But that's not the case. But you notice if I, like, I, and I know I'm a very sexual woman, you're a sexual woman. It's yeah. like, there is that piece that sometimes, you know, you're, I just feel judged and it still stings. And part of it is just like you said, you go, okay, get used to that and don't let it slow me down because ultimately a lot of those people who are judging, they want this. Guess what? You wish you had it. They (laughs) really do. And and there is a lot of like just jealousy with your openness and Mm -hmm. the fact that you can be honest because so many women can't be honest, not even with themselves. Right. And that's the truth. And and that's what's sad. Mm -hmm. And hopefully with your story and the fact that you're, you're willing to laugh and talk about sex and, and you're happy, which I think a lot of these women that, go through things they go around they do speaking engagements but it's like i don't know how empowering it is all the time mm-hmm. i i'd like to hear the story but i want to i want to see the light at the end of the tunnel right. and i think with you there's a bright light at the end of the tunnel and it's a great story and i'm super excited for everyone to see it and we can all see your vagina full frontal <laughs> pretty soon you actually can and you know that was again i was like oh my god no one will ever take me serious as an expert anymore and they you know blah 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 and then i was like you know just screw it because sometimes there's something in your gut and it was like just do it it's the it's the best thing and it's ultimately going to create that platform to talk about what I really care about. And and like I am strong enough to be on the front line yeah, of this movement and take some bullets from people judging because if it's easier for the people right behind me, great. And I mean, I have 50-year-old women who come to my workshops who haven't spoken out about like sexual abuse or trauma. Yeah. You know, and, and like for them to finally liberate like, thank themselves. God for yeah, you because yeah. you've given us a voice. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll, ta- I'll take those little like slings and daggers on the front end of 
I mean, there's so much that. like body shaming that oh, goes on still. It's like, yeah. it's, it's refreshing just to be like, this is what it is. Yeah. And what? <laughs> and believe me. And there were other girls on the show who like have, you know, I, they ate everything at crafts. They were eating like Doritos and they're like, you know, it, it, skinnier than me and da And in my head, there's still that little voice. Oh my God. And oh my God. And I was like, you know what? Just live in your skin. Absolutely. I was like, and, and sexy really comes from the inside. Absolutely. Like, I think I confidence sexy, is key. Just, yes. Yeah. I have like a guy that I like, um, <laughs> He's like, you know, I usually date girls in their 20s. I'm like, well, then you're fucking with me for a reason. You don't need to say that because you're right here with me right now. Yeah. Like for a reason. Yeah. And I'm 43. Like it is what it is. Because I know what I'm doing. Confident in my own skin. I know my body. And clearly I know yours. (laughs) If you want to go, go hang out with those girls. But you're not. You're here. So... Do you I, ever get called a cougar? Oh, yeah. You know what? And I say, I don't really like that word because... I don't either. I, I think it's like, we're not, we're not, I'm not going after men. Right, right. Like, they really do They come after us. more than ever. I, I think, like, I have more younger guys. Yeah, it's like, always young guys, too, because... Yeah, in their 20s, because yes. it's a prize. They're like, I like, could handle a real right. woman or something. And I was like, why do you date young men? I'm like, well, those are the guys that ask me out. Yeah. Like, really. I don't have middle-aged men asking me out. I was at an art opening recently, and this guy's hitting on me, and I'm like, okay, he's younger, whatever. And then I said, like, how old are you? He was 19. Oh. I was like, you can't even get a drink here. <laughs> like, I was like, oh. Like, and of course, I'm partially, like, flattered. I'm like, right. Like, you know? But, at the like, I don't think I would have dated, like, a guy like him at 19 because I wouldn't have been confident. You know, right. I would have felt no, like, of course, we're different. I mean, he looks we're... like, you know, an Abercrombie and Fitch model, right. whatever. And, like, here he is hitting on me now that I'm, like, older because I'm more comfortable with myself. But it was just that funny I moment. love it. I got invited to a cake party at the market. I was like, <laughs> yes. And they were, like, from a high school down the street. I was like... I'm not wearing a bra and that's probably why, but uh, it was, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice and exciting. And a lot of the women that I did a reality show with are like, why do you date younger men? I'm like, why do you guys date older men? Why right. is everyone 35 years older than their wives? Like who cares? Well, it's just, it's the flip, right? Yeah, is like, a lot, like a lot of women are dating older guys and we look at that and that's normal. That's fine. Society's accepted it. Yeah. That's been accepted. And so I think we're just again Double on standard. that front line yeah. creating a change. And I think like being on TV and representing something different than what people seen it does everyone who watches it it does change their mind a little bit it does it helps I, I can't tell you how often women come up to me and all they want to do is say fuck they're like oh my god fuck uh, I'm so glad you say it I never uh, can say it I just have to say fuck and they're like I, you say what I'm thinking and I'm just so glad and that makes me feel good mm-hmm. because I feel like just say it right I want to just say but like they're not ready for it right. but with people like yourself and myself that are very like strong women and we say whatever the hell we want mm-hmm. and your message is a little better than mine <laughs> but that said I just think it, it it's changing hopefully the conversation for these women yeah and like liberating I yes. think all this like repressed energy whether it's an orgasm or it's sex or it's whatever and you know I work with women who say they've never had never an have. orgasm I know I have okay, friends okay so and you're you're okay first of all you're a very sexual woman I'm like I'm like a guy I'm like if I wasn't having orgasms why I wouldn't would have mean? sex I know I've always had orgasms so not to not have compassion I'm just saying no no of course I, it puzzles me I'm like I, I just wouldn't point? have sex right <laughs> So I'm like, I guess, you know, they're still getting the bonding or the attention, but I think sometimes it Can you help them? Yeah, I do. I've I've helped a lot of women break through. I I had one woman, I have a testimony where she's like 36 years old and she's like, my first orgasm ever I had was Sam's help. (laughs) Thank God. I mean, I just, I, one of my friends is like, no, I can't. I'm like. Well, I think a lot of them are, it's a terror. They're terrified to let go. Some of them think like it's their body. I told them to take a Xanax and try it. Because when you're like yeah. more calm, it's a little easier because they're a little uptight. 
Yeah, I think they're they're wound tight, and then and then it becomes about the man, the man enjoying the sex, and right. whether you're pleasing the man, and they haven't learned to please themselves. And men get off when you are getting off. Yeah, and that's the truth, and yeah. that's why the guys that are fucking twenty year olds also want to fuck forty year olds because we know what we're doing and we're, we're actually enjoying it. Yeah, and we're not just laying there being hot. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. But on that note, I know, right? My, my producer always wait, so goes to sex. And listen, that's what we're here to talk about. But today I was a, a bona fide sex expert. So you are. You are. Today. She's a sex <laughs> expert. And I really want to do some of the yoga. I, I yeah. can't. I got to teach you. I'm, I'm never... going to teach you. Oh, yoga. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a private session or get I some would of your love girlfriends. That. Yeah. And we'll have, because I think what you're talking about and a lot of people try yoga and they just feel distracted or their mind doesn't stop or they're competitive. This style of yoga is more feminine. So it has more movement and more dance and more expression. Like you play with your hair. Yeah. You squeeze your cookie. That, <laughs> you learn, that like, sounds fun. Yeah. I can do you'll that. You'll have fun and you won't, you'll be so in the movement right. and the enjoyment and the pleasure. And this is again, like women who don't have, have uh, great sex is like, they don't let go. So you'll just, you'll stop trying, trying to do to, yoga. Yeah. It's not a sport. It's something like, I, yeah. I feel like for me, when I went to the classes, I was like, you stuck at this. Don't come back. It was like, for me, I was looking at it as a sport or, or it's some, a certain kind of people, you know, you go there and they're all like, they seem holier than thou or they seem some, uh, in some way, not your community or right. culture. So it, I absolutely. think you'll have a lot of fun with the O yoga because well, you get to laugh and you get to be a little like fun and naughty. naughty. And, like, well, yes. all my friends are fun and naughty. Well, so. good. We're going to have a great, <laughs> just not the ones from TV, but uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and tell us where we can find you on social media and your new show started on Saturday the 19th. It's at 10 PM on Saturdays on the Playboy channel. And that's on, you can get that across the board. Any, any cable Time service okay. provider that you have, you can get it. Um, oh. Yeah, so the, the Playboy channel, which it was actually a show um, that was made by the guy who did the Osbournes. And so oh. he really wanted to um, revolutionize and make a groundbreaking show where he's like, hey, reality shows, you see everything except that. And that's a normal human thing. We have sex and we are walk around naked. And so he made it like a real life sex in the city. I, I mean, I, I, it's called Cougar Club LA. I wish it was called like Sex Kitten Club LA. Uh. But we're, I mean, it is. What it's it like, is. we're just going to own the word. I'm yes. like over it. So I'm just empowering that word. Yes. I'm like, um, so. Cougar Club LA is on Playboy and um, also my website is psalmisadora.com and that's P-S-A-L-M-I-S-A-D-O-R-A.com and I have free videos on how to learn Tantra on my website and you can follow me. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Psalm Isadora. And you have a YouTube channel? On- I have a YouTube channel. Yeah. With lots more free videos. But Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been thank a you. pleasure. And we'll have to have you back after I learn how to like have five orgasms like grabbing my tits. Yes. I'll, I'll show you how to do the nipple I will, massage. You know I, will let, I will let Ray know how <laughs> I like how many oh, that's, I have. Wait, that's so I, I'll well, challenge. get your girlfriends together. Yes. We'll do the little O yoga class and then I'll teach you the breast massage. How Amazing. To have orgasms I, I have this new place massage. and there's no furniture in the front room. It's pretty big and we yeah. can do it there. Perfect. So yay. It's going to be an orgasm A- yoga party. Yes. Goddess. Can we drink? Um, yes. Okay. That is allowed. <laughs> little Chardonnay in the mix. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Brandy Glenville Unfiltered. You know what a koi pond is, right? One of those weird water things with the big fish that your super creepy neighbor had on his front lawn when you were growing up. Oh, dude still gives you nightmares, right? <laughs> well, thanks to Joe Koi, you'll never have to think about that guy again. Because now the Koi Pond is a cool new podcast that Joe does with fellow comedians, fine superstars like King Bach, and even the Black Eyed Peas. Let's get in here. And 
he just might try that. Thank you, Joe Coy, for making it safe to go back into the Koi Pond. Download or subscribe to the Koi Pond now through the Podcast One app, available at Google Play, the App Store, or PodcastOne.com. Alright, so, well, that was a fun show. I mean, it was serious slash not serious, and I really think that Salmi Sidora is an amazing woman, and she's got such a great attitude, and, you know, especially with everything that's gone on in her life, she's empowering women and doing it with a smile, and I look forward to watching her get naked on Playboy TV. So, that said, Make sure you run out and get drinking and tweeting, which is, you know, still going on today. It's an epidemic of the modern day that is not going away. Um, Like my producer, Ray, he's not going anywhere, Farrah. Suck it. Um, And so you get drinking and dating. My kids read the chapter titles last night, which they're not allowed to do, and they got in trouble. So, yeah, that's not good. But get my unfiltered blonde Chardonnay across the country almost. It's in like eight or nine states now. And enjoy four glasses, not two, four. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download new episodes at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Stay tuned for the latest AP News headlines from Podcast One right after this. AP Update. I'm Diane Kepley. The Pentagon is preparing to boost the number of American forces in Iraq. Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman General Joseph Dunford told reporters today the decision hasn't been made yet on how many troops will be sent, but it's coming soon. And he says the U.S. has the momentum in the fight against the extremists. I think it's indisputable, whether it be the amount of ground that the uh, that ISIL holds, the resources. We've made a dent in the resources. We've started to affect their command and control in a negative way. I think we've begun to undermine the narrative. Dunford's comments came as Defense Secretary Ash Carter announced several key members of the Islamic State group were killed this week. Among them was Haji Iman. He was a well-known terrorist within ISIL's ranks, dating back to its earliest iteration as al-Qaeda in Iraq, when he worked under Zarqawi as its liaison for operations with Pakistan. And Carter says his death will hamper the organization's ability to conduct operations both inside and outside of Iraq and in Syria. AP Update, I'm Diane Kepley.